0: Welcome to the Live Exchange, where we talk love, politics, and intellect every Thursday from 11 to 1, right here on the Sensation Station Network. I'm Dr. Pamela, and today, we are going to be talking about sex, 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 let's talk about sex, baby. No, we're, we're not just talking about condoms, we're not actually just talking about sex. We're really talking about, you know, what you should know about your sexual and reproductive health, and this applies to men and women, because there are a lot of things that that, you know, we were taught a lot of this stuff in um, middle school. You know, we went through the classes and everything, and we learned about our bodies, and we learned that puberty was coming. And now, uh, I'm talking to those of us who are grown, and <laughs> we are—we've crossed the threshold into our 40s and our 50s. Some of you are in your 30s, even your 20s, and we just. Probably have either forgotten what we've been taught or have abandoned altogether what we've been taught. So so we're going to talk about that. We're going to relearn and understand what it is that we need to understand about ourselves reproductively and sexually. And I have Dr. Lori Johnson here who's going to join me for that. So we've got lots to talk about today. Make sure you stay with us. Give us a call, 678-613-5857. And we are... Going to answer all your questions, listen to your comments, and all of that. So stay with us, stay engaged. We've got some trending topics to discuss, research to dish, as always, and of course, my weekly balance challenge. So stay tuned. We'll be right back on the live exchange. Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. And today we are talking about your sexual and reproductive health. We're being joined by Dr. Lori Johnson. And I just want to take a second to introduce this amazing woman. So Dr. Lori Johnson is a board certified OBGYN that practices out of Locust Grove, Georgia. She was born and raised in Long Branch, New Jersey by her grandmother. Um, Dr. Lori has wanted to be a doctor for as long as she can remember. She's always had a passion for women's health. Um, For her undergraduates, Graduate degree, Dr. Lori attended the prestigious Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland. That is very impressive. And furthered her education at, now you have to pronounce this for me. Haneman, Haneman, Haneman University um, School of Medicine in Philadelphia, P- Pennsylvania. She's been practicing for over twelve years, and in two thousand nine, she relocated to Atlanta, Georgia, to open her own practice. Just for you, Women's Healthcare was established in two thousand nine, and it serves the Metro Atlanta area with a focus on Henry, Clayton, Butts, and Spalding counties. So that's that's really awesome. Thank Welcome. you. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Yes, thank you for coming. And you know, I, I. Um, So I've known you, I've met you a couple years ago, you know, via a couple of mutual friends, Mm -hmm. you know, and so um, I have just been kind of following your work. And one of the reasons I ultimately reached out to you, now I've been wanting to reach out to you for a while, but one of the reasons why I ultimately reached out to you is because of your commentary about Usher. And there yeah. was a lot of talk about him. He had herpes or has herpes or just rumored. And now he's saying that I don't. And you know, there's just a lot that was going on around right. that in, I think, around September. Mm-hmm. And you had some really great information about about it. Just kind of, let's clear this up. Let's just talk about what this really is about. Right. right. And so I said, we need to have her on the show. We really need to. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping to have you um, kind of, you know, um, dissect some of that for us. Today, sure.
1: No problem. So that. No problem. So if
0: you wouldn't mind telling, us, you know, just um, what you, you, I mean. I have an idea of what you do and everything, but just for people who may not understand fully, um, the the work of an OBGYN. I know you deliver babies, right. but what is the scope of the work that an OBGYN gyn does?
1: Um, we do w- women's health basically from puberty to the grave, basically. Okay. <laughs> so everything and everything in between. So I do um, deliver the babies, of course. Do your prenatal care. I do um, in-office, pap smears, irregular woven visits. I do surgery, like hysterectomies, tubal yeah. ligations, removing ovaries, um, urinary incontinence, bladder stuff. Wow. And then at the end, we treat, like, menopause as well. So I do a lot of hormone replacement therapies and counseling with that and um, vaginal dryness, menopause, all that. So I sco- scope from puberty straight through to to the end.
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs> so okay, so what what age at puberty, what what age do do girls need to start, you know Seeing
1: you? Um, I see a lot of young ladies as early as like 15 or 16 okay. just for like issues with their menstrual cycles, if they're having irregular periods or they're too heavy or whatever, to kind of treat them that way. As far as the internals and the pap smears, um, 21 is the recommended age or sexually active. Okay. So when you're sexually active, you need to start coming to see a gynecologist just to make sure that you're not getting any diseases and, you know, things of that nature being checked, make sure everything's staying healthy. Um, but if you're not sexually active, then 21 is. Recommended age.
0: Okay. Mm. Well, one of the things that um, I, I hope that we can start to do on the show a little bit is to destigmatize um, sex. So, mm. you know, and, and I'm thinking that because it is a, such a stigmatized thing in a lot of households, that there are probably girls who are 13, 14 having sex, and they don't know. The parents don't know. The family don't that know. About is
1: that is correct. Um, Funny you brought that up, I just had a young lady come in uh, a couple of days, this week actually, and uh, she's 15, and um, she, there's a big, how, how it usually goes is, mom comes in and wants to pap and birth control and all this stuff, and usually it's because she's found out the girl is having sex mm-hmm. um, recently, so this particular young lady, um, she kind of got caught in her house. With the boy. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) So, um, and yeah, you're right. A lot of young ladies start having sex, but then no one knows about it. And then maybe two, three years into it is when they finally kind of either their parents find out or their mom decides they just want to bring them to get checked and that's kind of when it finds out so that's a risky age you right, know that teenagers right. it's a lot of risk involved because they're not being careful and they're not asking anyone except their friends right or google who don't know, who don't know <laughs> right. right and they read google like what is this yeah, so they don't yeah. really know what's going on wow
0: okay all right well we're going to talk a little bit more about that but first we're going to get into um, trending topics Lack of diversity gas prices. Michael Black trending topics. Wow. Okay, so um, trending, um, you know, unfortunately, the, the biggest trending topic right now isn't the best um, story out there. And, you know, we hear a lot about this um, more and more frequently, which is really disturbing. And I don't know if it's that it's happening more often or that we're getting reports of it or that it's actually being reported more often. Um, but, you know, it, according to the media, you know, it's, it seems to be happening more often. Uh, but this is um, another mass shooting that took place in Parkland, Florida. Um, according to the sheriff 17 people have died um, as of last I've checked um, and um, there were um, many others that were injured Um, so they basically said it was a 19 year old suspect um, Nicholas Cruz and he's in custody um, and there. are basically saying that he was, um, expelled from the school. Um, and there was also a report that he said, um, he was going to bring his weapon and he was going to shoot people. Um, and so it's, you know, you never know when that's going to play out. Oh, to me, it doesn't matter if it's said, then, you know, it's time to sound the alarms. Um, and so, uh, Yeah, so, you know, really disturbing the conversation that is the exhaustive conversation that has erupted is gun control. You know, do we, you know, do we stiffen gun control? Do we not? And, you know, and I think one of the things that's most frustrating to me about that conversation is that nobody is looking at the root of the problem. Nobody is looking at the fact, in my opinion, that we have a lot of people walking around us that are walking time bombs that have mental issues that really can be treated. Um, And we just, I I don't, I just think that if we had more education around how to identify these things in other people and ourselves, um, I I think that's the first step. And we could talk gun control and we could talk about, you know, pros and cons of it, but until we deal with the mental health and how we treat mental health in this country, I
1: don't know. And just acknowledging that it exists, um, you know, he lived with someone, I'm sure he had parents, he had, you know, someone and was doing something and you can get into, you can go way deep into the whole like parenting and Mm -hmm. you know, how we parent versus how we don't parent and denial and saying no to your kids and this degeneration of kids that thinks that everything's supposed to be easy for them. So you can get into all of that and then mental illness on top. So it's a huge, huge, um, you know, topic and it's terrible that we this just keeps happening over and over again
0: right yeah yeah and and that's it's something that you know we 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 can't continue to ignore it we don't want to get into it because it is so layered and so deep but Mm -hmm. there's no way to resolve this unless we we look at that so um we'll stay with us we'll be right back on live exchange oh no we're still we're still here (laughs) we are still here um so Yeah, no, but so that issue to me is always um, frustrating when I hear a one-sided, one-dimensional conversation about right. something that is so multidimensional.
1: Many, many layers to it, right. many sides to it. Yeah. And so you just have to try to slowly dissect it out. But he didn't, why did he have a assault rifle? That's the other question. Why? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Why? Well, the, the rationale is, will they hunt? You know, will Family might be hunting families. With a machine gun, though? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With a machine gun? <laughs> yeah. We can't kill all the deer in right, the right. the same You can't time. kill them all. You can't kill all the deer. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, give us a call if you have any questions, concerns. 678-613-5857. Um, 5, 5, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and uh, joining me today is Dr. Lori Johnson, and we are talking about sexual and reproductive health. You know, before the break, we were looking at trending topics, um, one of which is the shooting that happened in Florida. And so, um, you know, that is, you know, quite tragic, and um, just kind of waiting for that to unfold. Um, one of the other um, trending topics that I want to make sure we definitely cover uh, was the unveiling of the portraits of former President Barack Obama and yes. Michelle Obama. Yes. Um, now, there was a firestorm of mixed emotions <laughs> about the unveiling of this of these portraits. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what you saw on your social media timeline, uh, but on mine I saw, you know, I don't like it, it's not attractive, but then I also saw an argument for from artists saying, Look, uh-huh. this is they chose those artists and yeah. for the particular style th- that they did, And they were true to the style. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. I mean, what? I mean, in your
1: opinion, what is it about? Truly, I mean. I mean, I saw I saw all the same things you did. Oh, I love them. I hate them. Don't like them. Like just all over the place. Right. And so I saw them, I said, when I looked at them, I said, those are interesting. So mm-hmm. then I pulled the artist's other work up, and I said, this is what they do. Yes. So you know, if if President Obama and First Lady Obama. Went to those artists. Obviously, they looked at what they do and they right. liked the, looked at look at their work and they liked their work. Mm-hmm. So they chose them to do their portraits right. because, like, as you said, they stay very true to what they do um, across the board. And mm-hmm. they have some really great um, paintings and things. Uh, both artists do, um, and but those portraits are very much the style that those artists use. Yeah. So I feel like if they if they like them and they chose those artists. Obviously, they knew or had an idea of what they were going going to get. So, um, you know, I think as long, let's let the black people win. Like, if (laughs) if if black people, they're black artists, and they're the first first to to ever do do portraits, portraits. and if nothing else, it brought a lot of attention to them as individuals Mm -hmm. that will only help promote their brand. Then. You know, if they like it, I love it. Yeah, you know like what these I mean? Yeah,
0: says I, I celebrate everybody. everybody <laughs> yeah, likes it. yeah, they love
1: the portraits. I mean, and it's probably not the traditional yeah. portraits that we would have expected to see. But I was like, okay, this is what those artists do. So,
0: well, I thought it was interesting that several people on my page challenged um, because it's not the typical, mm-hmm. you know, challenge. What does typical mean? And who made you decide that the European style? Is, is the right. standard, is the norm, that's is what's true. right. And um, it, to me, you know, a lot of people respond with that with offense, like, ah, I just don't like it. It has nothing to do with me conforming mm. to the you know, European norm. But I think but that's, it that's called <laughs> yes. implicit bias. Yes. And we don't it know does. that it's there. We don't know that it's what's yes. influencing us. But and
1: I think it. one thing about the President and the First Lady, across their entire term, even with her fashions and her designers and who was going to design her gowns, she always went for that lesser known Individual and pulled them out and said, here, design my inaugural ball gown. She always went for those people that were maybe less known. They didn't go to the Vera Wayne's and the Versace's. Yes. And the, she went to less known people Let's and pulled them in yeah. and was like, I'm wearing your gown. Yeah. So that's, that's just who they are as and, people.
0: And, and I love it. And Kaepernick is doing the same thing with this right. work. All right, stay with us. We'll be right back. And I promise you we're going to talk about sex and reproductive health. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. So, you know, we, again, I, I really, I want to make sure that we stay true to the, to the topic, but we've had so many comments about the shooting and some responses right. to that. I, I would love to uh, just kind of respond to that. Um, I think one of the things that um, was... I think one of the comments was by Ronnie, and she was saying that, um, you know, parents are often just not aware, and but that it would also be important for teachers to get trained so that they can understand what kind of mental health signs to pay attention to if there are things that the parents miss. So it's kind of like a, you know, a, a back, a second, you know, a backup plan, Correct, you know? correct. Um, And so, um, and somebody else commented that her pediatrician also does a mental health screening, and I thought... Um, Okay, I'm sitting in front of an OBGYN, (laughs) and I'm just wondering if that would make sense, you know, and I've seen um, the marrying of the two, you know, the social science, the psychological, psychology with the MD, you know, so is that something that's feasible, or does that take a lot of red tape to... To get through, to do. No,
1: I think it's definitely feasible. I think it's definitely um, something that's that's attainable. You know, the, the thing with children, even on the school side, is that you still have to get the parental consent. Mm-hmm, so even right. if the teachers were trained and said, I identified, and I, I think, you know, your son has this or that or the other going on it's still if that, uh, up to the parent to sign off on or agree on, or, you know, to to pursue it. Mm-hmm. So I think that sometimes it's still kind of the, the stuck point where um, the parent has to agree so or I, has to give permission to right. treat or something like that.
0: Well, I think that that also, though, um, allows for a paper trail for the school to Correct. say, look, we identified this thing. Correct. And so if, God forbid, down the line something does happen, they can say, look, look. Right. We tried to address this, it. and, right. you know, I mean, people are dead or people are dead, but, but you know, if, right. if the school can document that they took measures, you know. Right. Um,
1: I, I, I think that, that would be a great idea, though. That would be great if the schools could somehow intervene. And I'm sure the schools see lots of, um, especially on the high school level, individuals who are... Just a little different, or yeah. you had that anger outburst issue. I mean, I don't know why this young man got expelled from school, but right. you have to do. You have to do a lot to get expelled. You right. know, something's going on. Yeah. Behavior issues. Something.
0: And I think that a lot of times when those things happen, they happen um, w- without it, coupling it with any you know, kind of mental health screening or True. behavior. You know, what's going on? If there maybe there's a behavior disorder of some sort, but that, that doesn't really get looked at. So exactly. Um, yeah. So I. So thank you all for your comments on this um, the Facebook crowd um, is really lively and is commenting on this so um, if you Facebook folks would allow we're going to go ahead and move into (laughs) the the, um, sexual reproductive health and with that we will um, give you the research in the interest of science. science 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 So, so the science um, that we're looking at today, um, we and this is based. This is also this is brought to you by BBLA Cosmetics. Um, BBLA Cosmetics is a um, cosmetic company uh, in Lawrenceville, Georgia that works with um, all aspects of your beauty, your skincare, care, um, lashes, for those of you who like the lashes, all of that, um, and microdermabrasion, um, laser treatment, removing of tags, those skin tags, mm. I have a couple somewhere, you guys can't see them, but they're in there, <laughs> and <laughs> But having all of that stuff removed and just have yourself beautified in a lot of different ways. So um, BBLA Cosmetics, check them out uh, at bblacosmetics.com. They are the ones responsible for the look on my face every week. Um, So the research. Um, The first, this article um, actually was pulled from NPR, but it's research that's based um, from the University of, California, San Francisco. Um, and they published this in the journal Sexually Transmitted Infections. Um, and so what it's saying is um, the headline is going bare down there may boost the risk risk of STDs. Hmm. I did not know this. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Um, and so basically, the frequent removal of P care is associated with an increased risk for herpes, syphilis, and human papilloma virus. Hmm. Um, and you know if it's happened if you've shaved at least once in your lifetime you're nearly twice as likely hmm. to say that you've had at least one stv CD. so they're not even talking about regularly they said if you once, once in it? your lifetime you're and twice it? as likely like that's pretty shocking when i read this I was like what and so extreme groomers those who remove all of their pubic hair more than 11 times a year
1: that's like once a month wow. basically okay
0: um I wonder how, how often does the hair grow back. <laughs> we're more than four times as likely to have an infection. So high frequency um, groomers who just trim their hair, um, a, who trim their hair a few times a month, failed between the two extremes. So they were about three times more likely to have reported an STD. Wow. I, I didn't
1: know this. Wow. So now, do <laughs> they say the it's between, like, shaving versus waxing versus clipping? Um, so there's different ways of, you know, grooming. Well,
0: so what it seems to say is that um, it's about just having the hair. Um, well, well, right here it says that shaving creates micro tears and cuts. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that causes, you know, it makes it easier for
1: infection to infe- get in. Yeah. That's true. Right. That's
0: true. Um, but it doesn't mention... You know, if it was waxed, if there's a difference, I don't know. With waxing, um, it's it probably there's probably less likely of a chance for
1: less tears if it's done well. Yeah. If it's not done well, it can also you can get still get the skin tears, skin breakdown. You can get um, even burns, mm-hmm. blistering, things like that. If your waxing isn't being done properly. You know, right. in case y'all don't know, there's more than one way to wax. Go to a certif- a good wax place. <laughs> a good wax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there's different kinds of wax. People
0: are really selective about who yeah. they choose. Well,
1: you know, sometimes <laughs> they are, sometimes they're not. And oh. Eyebrow wax and bikini wax is two different kinds of wax, even. It's not even the same consistency or type of wax. Okay. So okay. you have to make sure that you're waxing at the right place. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Gosh. And not just, you know, around the corner.
0: Right. <laughs> wow. I mean, in, and in full disclosure, I, I don't know how people do that. I did it once and it is was... Ah! Yeah. <laughs> I did it once right before, actually right before I was about to give birth, like two days before. Really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I couldn't, I had a big belly. Couldn't see, no, yeah, I couldn't assistance. see. But yeah, that was the one and only time and...
1: Yeah. That was a lot.
0: Yes, yes. I know that's TMI for some of y'all, but you know, hey, this show was all about TMI. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But basically, um, what, um, so one of the researchers, um, uh, Dr. Gunter, says public hate public, pubic hair is there for a reason. It's a mechanical barrier, like your eyebrows. Mm -hmm. It traps bacteria and debris. And there could be health consequences to removing it. So, it didn't necessarily focus in on the type of shaving, but really just talked about the fact that there's no hair.
1: Because, you know, that's a a big thing to just go hairless. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably been, the last five or ten years, I've seen more women coming in there just like, all the hair is gone. As opposed to just clipped or just trimmed or, you know, something there that just take it all off so it does open you up for more bacteria I mean just from your skin from the sweat from sexual partners from close contact you can definitely get more Mm -hmm.
0: well we're not done with this conversation
1: so
0: So stay with us if you have any questions concerns give us a call 678-613-5857 we'll be right back (laughs) Welcome back to the live exchange. with Dr. Pamela. Today we're talking about pubic hair, and <laughs> it's jazz. You know, I got to be you know smooth with it, right?
1: <laughs> with pubic Dr. Lori Jones. <laughs> cubic hair
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: to, to grow sh- or not to grow? <laughs>
0: So I'm curious to know, Is this topic come up in, you know, between you and your clients or your patients? Mm-hmm. And if it has, like, well, how do those conversations go? Are there, are there questions or?
1: Uh, all of the above. I mean, one thing um, people say, well, if I can't tell you the truth, who can I tell? So I hear <laughs> everything about all types of stuff, including, you know, I shave too much. I had people come in from, like I said, bad wax jobs, mm-hmm. you know, with Really terrible outcomes, blisters Ooh. and such, and you know, nicks and cuts, frequent infections, bacterial vaginosis, wow. yeast infections, just all of the above. From shaving? Um, too much, like Over okay. overshaving. Or right. like the wrong thing, I'm gonna say this real quick, like don't use your husband's shaving cream to shave your vagina. Like don't do oh. that. Like don't get <laughs> his anu- whatever, master shave and uh-huh. put it down there, and don't do it. And don't use his razor, like an old funky razor. Get you a nice little skin sensitive type mm-hmm. of preparation to shave because. That too, people get a lot of irritations. But when I ask them, they're like, "Oh, he's my husband's. Oh, you know, wow. his shame cream. I'm like, oh, "Don't do that. Uh, you know, get 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 something different. Yeah, something sensitive. It's a sensitive area. Can't. They're like, "Well, they say, Well, his face is sensitive.'" I'm like, "Yeah, but not like your not vagina like, It's different. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> it's a different place. Right. Right. So just things like that as well. Um, but they do get irritations and infections and like bacterial infections and stuff just from. Um, over, over shaving sometimes.
0: So here's another question. Um, so I know that there, there are some men who shave and some who don't. Mm -hmm. Do they need to take the same kind of precautions, do you think? Um, they
1: should be careful. You know, obviously they're a little more, um, their skin is a little bit different, but they should be also careful about cuts and micro cuts and things like that Mm -hmm. that they can get from using a razor down there as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow.
0: Who knew? knew? (laughs) Yeah. So you know. So I think this is really important information because you you know you think about like you said, it's not your face, it's not his face, it's not any other. You know. So it's really important to get products that are appropriate for
1: that area. Yeah, for sure. For that
0: for that area for the use. So um, okay. Well, we're gonna go ahead and take another break, and when we come back, we're going to. I'm going to introduce Dr. Laurie to some um, information that I'm sure she hasn't heard yet about safe injection sites. If you if you want to shoot up drugs, how can you do it safely? Okay. (laughs) We'll talk about that when we come back. Keeping your balance with Dr. Pamela. Dr. Pamela. Dr. Pamela. Okay, so this week's balance challenge. Here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to start to destigmatize the conversation about our bodies, about sex, sex, reproductive health. Um, I want you to, st- to start to destigmatize it. Um, I've gotten into a place with, and it may be because I'm 40 and I've had these body parts since I was for 40 years now. 40, years. 41, and I've had, <laughs> and so. You know, maybe I've just become more comfortable, but I do have um, friends who I can have very frank conversations with about, you know, this is happening, this is weird, you know, what do you think? Um, and so, uh, for me, it's not as stigmatized as it used to be. Mm-hmm. But I think for a lot of people, they, they, they're they in isolation and they don't have conversations with it. Um, oh, I mean, with people, um, I mean, maybe just their OBGYN at, in, during their annual visit, <laughs> but that can't be the only time you're thinking about your body and you're you yeah. know making you're checking on yourself, um, asking each other about mammograms and things like that, having conversations that are very open and frank about these things. So this week what I want you to do is to destigmatize stigmatize the topic and have a frank and honest conversation about sexual health, about reproductive health, about your body, um, with people that you're really comfortable with. Um, now, <laughs> I mean, if you want to have a martini night and all the girls come over and say, hey, yeah, I see that. you know, just go for it. But whatever it takes for you to, to be able to, because what it does is it, it allows you to be um, conscious, to constantly think mm-hmm. about what you need to do and whether or not you're doing the right things to take care of yourself. That's true. So, yeah, so that's one of the things. And the other thing is to um, take a step towards um, doing something that you haven't done that you know you need to do. So mm. I have a confession. I'm going to be a part of this challenge, too. <laughs> yeah. So um, so my OBGYN um, is actually um, Dr. Jackie from Married to Medicine. Oh, that's sure. Yes, and she, um, I've been with her since I moved here, before mm-hmm. Married to Medicine even existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has been on me. Her policy is 35 and up, mammogram. Have I gone yet? <laughs> Every single year, she's like, here's your order. Did you go yet? Here's your order. Did you go yet? Yes. So there's, there's something that a lot of us know good and well we need to be doing to take care of, and you haven't done it. So mine is, I need to go get a mammogram. Yeah.
1: That you And I, I have a confession. I um I'm was really bad about that as well. So one of my um coworkers at the hospital was like, I said something about it. She said, Well when is that time you went? And I said, Well I'm a little behind, you know, I'm over I'm busy, i everywhere. She says, I'm gonna call you next week. I'ma ask you And so she it. called me like for like three weeks straight, Call my office, nice. called my office, she said, Esther Johnson, did she go for her mammogram yet? She had my staff come and be like, Michelle said, did you get your mammogram yet? And I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to <laughs> go. So like, she kept, and every time she would see me, she'd be like, did you go, did you go, did you go? And I'm like, I went, I went, I went, That's- I promise. So that, that was helpful. It was yes. a little annoying, <laughs> but it was helpful. Yes. So get a, a, a county partner partner and say, hey, yes, it's been two weeks Did right. you make the an appointment yet.
0: All right, Penny, if you're listening, this is my cousin. She holds me accountable for everything. I'm going to need you to hold me accountable for this. (laughs) Yes, yes. But that's your challenge this week. I want you to first have conversations, um, open up, destigmatize this, but also something that you need to be doing. Men, this applies to you, too. Yes. Y'all got stuff that need to be checked, too. Prostate. Prostate, all kinds of stuff. So I want you to make sure that you go and do something moving forward towards your sexual health that you haven't done yet, that you know good and well you're supposed to be doing that's your balance challenge. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela and I'm joined by Dr. Lori Johnson and we are now we're talking about we're we're talking about really and beyond mammograms but whatever it is in my case because the balance challenge was to take care of whatever it is you need to take care of um health-wise with regards to your reproductive health that you've just been neglecting um for some reason we kind of neglect that until something happens and i'm sure you see that all the time all the time yeah and so ooh, i have a something here can you check it but until then we're not thinking about it we're just Going on with life, so um, so with mammograms, um, I, we had a really good comment here from Ronnie, who's um, joining us on Facebook, and she says, from personal experience, I can tell you it is better to get your mammo now while you don't have anything to worry about. She says she had to get one after experiencing pain, and that's not the kind of weight that you want to experience.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You have you have to go and you know especially women of color because here in Atlanta, for instance, but. Um, African-American women have a much higher risk of dying from breast cancer than do our white counterparts. Mm. And a lot of that has to do with just going early, just going, you know, for your annuals, for your regular visits, mm-hmm. going to get a check and not waiting until you can feel a huge lump yeah. in your breast and then you show up. You have to go um, early. And then if I could say one more thing about that, um if they tell you something, don't get caught up in the procrastination of denial. There's mm. a there's a big thing that happens when you say, okay, you need to go get a mammogram. And then they want a second opinion. Then they want to get a third opinion. Then they want to do all this stuff. Listen, let's go. Let's figure out what it is first. Because all of that... I don't want to believe it, I'm in denial, second opinion, third opinion prolongs the treatment and prolongs, you know, us taking care of what the situation is, so I really encourage my patients, if something like that comes up, I'm like, listen, go. Don't waste time mm-hmm. doing all that. You know, you call a new doctor, now you gotta wait another month, then you gotta wait another and, and, and it's then and it just right, and then possibly then, progresses yeah. and it just goes on and on. And so I see a lot of that with, with us as African American really? women as well. Huh. Yeah, you know, or you wanna call your girlfriend when your girlfriend knows somebody and she said, Well that better than that doc oh, Let just awesome. go get a check. Yeah. You That's, know, go yeah. get it checked. Go early as, as possible. So go get it evaluated if something does come up. Right. So, yeah, it, uh, we have a lot of work to do as far as that. Um, and then, you know, it, if you feel something, your doctor blows up. I mean, your, most doctors will let you go to get a mammogram if, they, if you feel something. Right. Um, but it, just be persistent if you can. I think, you know, Um. one thing, if I do talk to women, I'm always like, you know, ladies, we have to pay... Um put as much effort into finding a good healthcare provider as we do into finding a good hairstylist. <laughs> now it's a shame we, if we don't
0: already do that.
1: <laughs> you will, we'll pay for the bundles, oh, we'll drive across town, sit in the chair for two, three hours, yes. trying to get our hair looking right. Uh-huh. But if you spend an extra 20 minutes in your doctor's office, you're ready to stomp out because you've been waiting too long. Mm wow right wow. you know yeah, or yeah. You, you don't want to pay your 50 dollar copay or whatever right. so you're you gonna go somewhere else yeah. so let's reprioritize sometimes mm-hmm. and think about what it is that we're doing because this is some stuff that we can find that you know there's some things you can find on exam or that that will prevent problems down the road but we'll not do that for our health, but mm-hmm. we'll do it for making sure we look good. Wow. So, wow. out like sting, out. Ouch. <laughs> 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 Ooh, that's not good, ladies. It's not good. <laughs> mm, it's, tr- it's true, though. Yeah, it's, it's true. Man,
0: it's true. That, is that. And that surprises me, um, you know, but I guess when you think about it, um, you know, even things like me saying, I, I know I need to get a mammogram, but if I needed my luxury. Re- you no, know, touch up. Yeah. That's gonna happen. I'm gonna make sure that happens. Right, <laughs> right. So yeah, right.
1: yeah.
0: You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, and and you know, and again, it's not just mammogram, but, but you know, but there are there are you know other aspects, especially if you know that things like ovarian c- cancer, prostate cancer, mm. if you know that there are certain things that run in your family, you you know, you definitely want to be very diligent about.
1: Absolutely. And sure. even if they, and even if they don't, like True. you just never know. True. Like certain, obviously, if they do your Hyper vigilant, but if they don't, just go once a year. Yeah. If it's fibroids, if it's you know abnormal bleeding, just whatever. Especially as you get over forty and you get into that perimenopause, and your body just really freaks all the way out, mm-hmm. and you don't know what's going on from month to month. Right. You're like, what is right. this? That's what that's is good. this? Yeah. What is this? So um, when you, especially when you get there, you gotta really make sure you're getting checked, and if things okay. just seem off, yeah, just go, yeah. just go to the doctor. Okay.
0: All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, joined by jo- uh, Dr. That's <laughs> Dr. Jory Lawson, by Dr. Lori Johnson, who um, is you know we're just talking about. Uh, our sexual and reproductive health but right before the break we were talking about the importance of of just going to get checked and making right. sure that we make that a regular practice like we do with our hair um, right. it's, it's, it's important it's more important um, than how our hair looks so one of the things that I, I've heard you know one of um, and I, I can't remember who it is and it doesn't really matter who it is but they had said that they hadn't been to a doctor um, a an OB and gotten a pap smear in 10 years. Yeah. And the thought of this, it's—I would be terrified. Um, and I think probably the length probably exasperates the fear because they're like, "Oh, if I go now, it's really, it really going to be, be wrong." Right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And that—that's true. I mean, there might be nothing wrong, but there might be a lot of something's wrong. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, ten years is just way too long. Life yeah. changes. Um, you're sexually active. You're exposing yourself to whatever. Even if you're married, um, but you're exposing yourself. And even if
0: you're celibate. Even right? if you're
1: celibate, yeah. you know, and things can just happen. Fibroids, et cetera. And you know, we just had a. I just had a lady had come to see me a couple of weeks ago. hadn't been in to doctor for a long time, and was having an issue with some bleeding. And you know, we did some. Um, test, and I just found out that she actually has a a cancer, Mm. Um, that now we have to go down a whole nother path that, you know, needs to be addressed, so, you know, and she's one that had, she probably come in four years ago when she first started noticing something was wrong, that's something that could have been addressed a lot easier and taken care of a lot easier, but, you know, you really just... Just come on in. It's not going. It's not going. Not going to hurt you. <laughs>
0: right, right. Come on in. It, yeah, yeah. What do you, doctor? Yes, yes, absolutely. All right. So we're gonna get into a love notes.
1: Love notes with Doctor Pamela.
0: Okay, so today's love note comes from Alexa. And Alexa must know that I was going to have you on today because she knows good and well. I don't know anything about what she's about to ask me. (laughs) But it says, I've struggled with fibroids for as long as I can remember. It is generational in my family. I'm 22 years old, and I'm not yet ready to start a family. But I'm wondering what I can do to make sure I don't have issues with this later. I prefer natural remedies to... um, to surgery so maybe over surgery what kind of natural remedies can i start using now so that i'll be in good health later
1: hmm that is tricky um because there are fibroids and then there are fibroids it's like meaning various sizes they can be Hmm. as small as a marble that can be as large as a cantaloupe. cantaloupe. Mm-hmm. We, use, we use fruits and it'll be for everything. Okay. It's to a fruit. So it can be tiny it can be large. So if it's large, um you gonna probably need to have it surgically removed. Okay.
0: There's not um, things that can shrink it or
1: Yeah, like no, not particularly naturally. Now there are if they're smaller, um there are a lot of dietary things that are suggested, um, meaning cutting back on animal fats, dairy mm-hmm. Um, in particular, dairy, um, meats, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And if you do eat meat, try to do organic because you know they put hormones in the food, and fibroids feed off of oh. hormones. Okay. So um, hormones, estrogen in particular. So um, dairy reduction and things like that, reduction of animal fats, can help to maintain and not control, uh, maintain and or control the fibroids. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as um, Herbs and things, um, not a whole whole lot. But again, not knowing her particular situation, right. if it if they're large, then typically they should just be removed. Okay, which yeah. doesn't mean she's a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. It can just take the fibroids themselves out.
0: Now, that was one thing that, um, I, from what I've heard, a lot of black women, and maybe not—I don't know if it's still happening now—have been told that well, you need a hysterectomy, and that was like right. a quick solution right. as opposed to really trying to do what they can to save their
1: reproductive right. system. Right, correct. So, yeah. Correct.
0: Okay, well, we're, we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome to the second hour of the Live Exchange. I am joined by Dr. Lori Johnson, and today we are talking about reproductive health. We've covered a lot in the first hour. Um, You know, we've looked at, um, you know, fibroids, we've looked at shaving, to shave or not to (laughs) shave, Um, and so um, we've also looked at the importance of, you know, being, you know, regularly um, going to the doctor to make sure that you're all good, and if you're not all good, to to take care of that, Um, and we've also talked about conversations and being willing to talk about our sexual health and to you know it, it'll make us more likely to address the situations if we're willing to talk about it because it's um hopefully less stigmatized yeah, um yeah. and so um uh, and so right before the break um who, who
1: was, what was the last one the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yeah we right. were
0: working we were talking about or oh, alexa's letter about the she wa- wanting to eliminate it you know naturally or just to mm-hmm. prepare her body i guess for for later when
1: she's ready to have children. Right. So, like, the dietary stuff, um, decreasing animal fats, they can help to, you know, shrink them, Mm -hmm. um... Lot, you know what you put in is what you get out. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, but you have to really be careful with a lot of things. You don't think that it's affecting your reproductive health, but your diet, high fat diet, all those things are, are affecting lots of organs. <laughs> and if you have fibroids, that's one of the things that can be affected by the fibroids. Yes, wow. And and you know talk about it, like you said because you're probably not the only one mm-hmm. that's going through those scenarios. Right. Uh, one of my best friends just texted me um, on Sunday. She was like, "Had me some medical advice. And so we we're mm-hmm. talking and we we're kind of laughing. I was like, well, you're just getting old. <laughs> <laughs> no. She's a little older than me. But I was like, yeah, you know, you, and we just kind of went through this whole conversation about, you know, the changes that happen when you're, <clears throat> getting older <laughs> <laughs> I would say my age out loud that somebody looks at my ID <laughs> but when you're getting older things mm-hmm. do you start to, to alter but most of your friends are probably going through the same things that you are
0: right and that's and, and that is so important you know again I, I I know that we have a wide range of listeners I think the majority of the listeners are probably um, late 30s 40s okay. and up and we're on the verge We're you right. know, and, and, and we're going to notice some changes and this is a really good time to, if you haven't already, just be open to have conversations with it, you know, about it. Absolutely. Um, you know, so you don't want to feel like you're the only one or you're isolated or you're in a box. We are all going through this together. We are a cohort and we yeah. are going
1: through it together. Going through it together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, and the other thing I had mentioned was that in, in the past, I don't know if this is so much the case now, maybe you can clarify mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, black women ha- with fibroids have been pretty much um, almost immediately, um prescribed a hysterect- hysterectomy you know right, well you right. need, you need a hysterectomy is that is that something that women have to be concerned about um is that still happening a lot it
1: still happens um but that again goes back to shop around for a different provider okay. um it it does still happen but it it doesn't have to mm-hmm. um you can do you can do surgical options where you go in and just remove the fibroids and leave the uterus intact. Um, You can do, of course, you may have heard the commercials for UFE, urine fibroid embolization, which is a less invasive procedure that kind of starves um, the fibroids and shrinks them Mm -hmm. um, about half the the way. Um, Me personally, I don't recommend that for younger women um, because, you know, over time they will kind of, that that blood supply will go back around and they'll come back. Okay. Um, but if you're, like, 40s and you're kind of done with your childbearing mm-hmm. and you want to some relief, that's a very good option. So, it's, no, it's not just hysterectomy anymore. Okay. Um, sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's like, this is humongous. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, usually by that time, you have you know you've just been ignoring their problem. Mm, yeah. You know, if you yeah. come to me and you look six you months pregnant, or your, your stomach is huge yeah. and you're bleeding crazy, then yeah, you've been ignoring wrong. the issue, oh, and uh, we yeah. may have to do a hysterectomy.
0: Right. Whew. All right. We're going to go to break. There's <laughs> so many more things I want to say. <laughs> we're going to go to break, and we will say those things when we come back. Stay with us on The Live Exchange. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to The Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and we are talking about sexual and reproductive health. But right before the break, we were just talking trending topics, and we were looking at um, student-athlete whose mother made his uh, – Signing decision about her. (laughs) Right. Um, But the second thing that I really wanted to make sure we talked about tonight, tonight is finally the night that we get to see... Black Panther! Panther. <laughs> Very excited about Black Panther. Um, and, then, you know, it officially comes out tomorrow, but there's there's several theaters that are showing it tonight. tonight so great. I plan to be right there front and center. Um, and, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, we've rallied around this movie like, yes! And, and I remember when I was pregnant with my daughter, one of the first things that I did was I conceptualized a superhero. Actually, it was more sci-fi fiction sci-fi mm-hmm. fantasy um trilogy um about a the heroine was a black woman in mm-hmm. fact there was three black women who were the heroines awesome. and they had to um th- they were guided by this oracle of women who was like there were nine women within the oracle it was just awesome and they were all of different forms of um brown mm-hmm. different shades of brown you know <laughs> so, because it was something that it was lacking. I said, "We right. don't have that. And right. I have this little two month old baby and I want her to grow up seeing this. Right. And lo and behold, I mean, it's one movie, but look, I mean, there's, it's, it's and, good though. Yeah. Yes. It, it,
1: it's really good. We haven't had and this is coming to America. We haven't had this much black fabulousness <laughs> since coming to America. Right. Right. I, just love it. I
0: love it. So, um, so we're, you know, so definitely going to go check that out tonight. You guys, Go check it out. I'm, I'm very, very excited about that. So one yes. of the things I wanted to um, highlight was that apparently it got its first bad review on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, oh, yeah. And it broke the movie's 100% rating. Um, and the, citizen, the person who gave it the bad rating said that um, it didn't show Black Panther beating up enough guys. Well. <laughs> That's the feedback. So I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. But people are really, really, really upset about that review. That one review. Yeah, yeah. We'll
1: (laughs) we'll find him. Right.
0: (laughs) And it's funny, I'm the same way. If I get, you know, uh, teacher evaluations from my students, and everybody's like, this is great, this is great, and then that one student is like, eh. Oh, like, I'm, I'm Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah. Especially now, even in my field, you know, you people go on Facebook and write reviews, and yeah, maybe that one patient that just didn't like me and writes this horrible like
0: right? Like, no, who, who, which one was it? Yeah,
1: oh, I know which one. it <laughs> was. Oh, uh, you know.
0: <laughs> That is so funny. So, um, yeah, so one of the things that you said that I said we absolutely have to come back to is you you talked about HIV. And in black women and how black women are the fastest growing population of new cases. New cases.
1: Please talk to us
0: about that. What's going on?
1: Ladies, we're just not being careful. We're just not, you know. And, you know, Georgia's not fit first for many things, but we're up there with the STDs. We're, like, fifth in the nation for chlamydia. We're fifth in the nation for gonorrhea. Like we're up there, especially wow. in Georgia, where we are, and HIV is one of those things. As far as the the um, homosexual population, they seem to know how to control it. But mm-hmm. um, heterosexual women, we are still new cases coming out more and more. We're still the highest number of new cases, which means we're just not being careful. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're doing too much side chicken and all, you know, mm-hmm. sharing and not not taking care to make sure that we're bringing bring the condoms to your party. Yeah. I tell my young patients, listen, bring B-Y-O-C, bring your own condoms. <laughs> if he doesn't have one, here, yeah, I got one. You know, because right. you just can't... Um, afford to be out here um, being sexually active with different people and not mm-hmm. protecting yourself. So you talk know?
0: to me about condoms. So when we were, you know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, mm-hmm. you know, we're condom, we're condom, we condom mm-hmm. in forties, you know, and, and even as I've dated, I've heard, you know, people say, I don't do condoms. Yeah. And especially guys, like, oh, I don't know, yeah. condoms. So what at what point is it okay in a relationship to just have a sexual relationship and not use condoms? Is it just after
1: you see the lab results. Ah. <laughs> After you see the lab results with his name on it and his birthday, and it all says negative, then, (laughs) then. then.
0: But, but of course, this is assuming you're exclusive. The two of you are exclusive. Yes. And um, because there are obviously a lot of cases in which people will say they're exclusive and they're not.
1: Not not exclusive. so
0: it. It almost seems like a risk. I don't know. I mean, it, 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 is there a way to win in this kind of I, I mean, think, um,
1: oof, yeah, it, it's hard. It's yeah. really hard. You know, even um, one of the worst conversations we have at my office is when we get lab results back from a married woman and we're like mm. so you have this oh
0: goodness and she's
1: like what you know yeah. as her head just wants to jump through the phone and then we're like you know we can only tell you what what you have so um and it happens mm. you know it happens even when you think you're individuals being monogamous just with you so um you know keep as as much as possible, keep those communication lines open, right. like really honest. And if you, you know, women have a, a hunch, you know, when something's a little listen off, to <laughs> listen to that yes. hunch. When it seems a little off, it mm-hmm. probably is. Right, right. And you need to make sure you're just taking care of yourself.
0: And be willing to speak up. And, mm-hmm. You know, so one of the things that I've, I've learned about relationships is this concept that I call... I hope I coined it, I don't know, but (laughs) that I call the natural process of elimination. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times we are afraid to speak up when we feel anxiety about Mm -hmm. something, when we have a feeling something isn't right. Mm -hmm. We don't want to ruffle feathers, so we just kind of sit back and maybe wait for the evidence. Right. But my thing is, if you are in a a relationship in which you are respected and loved and adored and cherished, Mm -hmm. you should be able to bring up those things and and the response should be sincerely, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Let's right. not you know overreacting or you tripping again. Right. You know. If right. that's what you get, that's a natural process of elimination. Just go ahead right. and let that fall away. Because if you can't have conversations about what's going on, your instincts, mm-hmm. then
1: that—that's a problem. And not in a where are you like, not not in that argumentative, right. angry tone, but in that we need, I, I feel something's going on. Let's, yes. let's let's have a conversation. Delivery is let's talk. key. To it, is, it is everything. Yes,
0: mm, that's good. You hear that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Talk about it. Right. Ask about it. Right. Find out about Delivery it.
0: Delivery may have a lot to do with reception as well. But if they don't receive it well and you've done your job to deliver it correctly, then you might want to consider letting that go. Right. We'll be right back.
1: <laughs> In the interest of science.
0: Science. 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 Science, 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 All right. So this uh, research study, the science, it's really science. It's a a concept that I think a lot of us don't know about. And so I'm going to articulate it in the best way I know how. And then I'm going to um, rely on Dr. Lori here to clarify and explain. Uh, But so one of the things that I had no idea I was headed towards, and I'm still heading towards it because I'm not quite there yet, but (laughs) there's this concept called vaginal atrophy and and vaginal dryness. And I've heard it used, and I I think, I don't know if atrophy and dryness are the same well atrophy is the shrinking right, of the vagina. Right, exactly. And then the dryness is just like it sounds. It's right, dry. Exactly. So apparently these two things happen at the same time. Or yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: That's not good. So <laughs> dryness and shrinking. So and some of us might be okay with shrinking as long as the dryness is in there. Yeah. But the, the, them they're together is yeah, not a good together. combination. So um so basically what that is, and this happens um, you know. Typically, as you know, we enter menopause, mm-hmm. and um, and it actually says that there's a following. The following here can produce um, significant changes in women: menopause, pregnancy and birth, your menstrual cycle, growing older, and breastfeeding um, can all cause you know different types of imbalances. The um, vaginal dryness also also happens to be a fairly common symptom of. Menopause. So I'm really looking at it from the standpoint of going into menopause. Right. Um, when I first heard about this, it was probably about three years ago. And and it was a, a doctor, a male gynecologist, who was talking about um, how he has a lot of women that he treats um, with this. And that it's a common thing that happens, you know, um, upon menopause. And so I'm like, so wait a minute. How come I haven't had any of the the wise women in my world or the you know <laughs> tell me that this is coming <laughs> that this is you. something that we as women experience as we get into our what 50s or typically 50s 40s?
1: um some as early as the 40s Ooh, Lord. mid mid to late 50s okay. um and beyond. And beyond. Yeah, and beyond. Um, and basically what happens is, you know, when premenopause, menopause um, you're still getting periods and that every month, and your hormones are kind of at this much higher level. As you age and you enter into menopause, the hormones decline drastically, okay. all of the above. Like, so, you know, your hormones are here and then are just like, phew, they're down there. Well, one of the things, one of the many, many things that the estrogen and the progesterone do in a woman's body is that it, um, increases the blood flow to the vagina, so it makes the vagina more healthy and more elastic and okay. and, and moister. Mm-hmm. It increases the blood flow, so the um, glands can produce more fluids and so forth and so on. So with the decline in the hormones, all of that declines, and the vagina becomes dry, um, and it becomes um, it begins to shrink. And on a in a physical examination, um, whereas in a younger woman, the vagina is a very vibrant. Pink is very bright. When I see my older ladies, it kind of gets very pale. It can be almost as pale as the palm of your hand. Wow. That's how pale the tissue gets because it's just not getting the estrogen that it needs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of the things that does help yeah, is say
0: next. Like, this one thing help. that helps
1: beyond beyond medical therapies is using it regularly. Ah, okay. <laughs> so my older <laughs> patients who do have sex on a relatively regular basis mm-hmm. tend to maintain it more Ah. but for those ladies who just aren't having sex much at all they just kind of doesn't do shibbles much it kind of shrivels up, up. Oh. i mean <laughs> yeah and and it thins and it loses the elasticity so for a lot of ladies also um sex becomes more painful yeah. at that point in time because the vagina cannot stretch appropriately Ooh. so it's a thing now because you know they're giving all these older men viagra so they mm-hmm. can keep going right. but they don't want to help the ladies on the other end yes. yeah. you know and so even with some of the hormone creams and things that we can prescribe to help bring it back, mm-hmm. you know, they don't they don't want to pay for it, but they want to pay for the Viagra. You, they got to meet us right. in the middle. They can't have the guys <sighs> right. running around ready and to go. Finding, they're finding the younger Yeah, and the yeah and the exactly. <laughs> and the 50-year-olds are like, hey, what's what up? Right,
0: right. So,
1: yeah, but well, it does happen. It's quite common.
0: So I, I'm telling you, my mind was blown when I heard about it. I was like, why isn't this part of our... Education, yes. you know. Yes. I didn't know this was coming, yes. you know. And so, one of the things I'm not there yet, though, y'all. I'm, let me just emphasize yes. that. Not there yet. <laughs> I'm not there yet. But, but you know, what's interesting um, is there's a, a TV show. Um, it's a Netflix series, mm-hmm. and it's called Grace and Frankie. I don't know if you've okay, heard of it. No, I it's very interesting. It's about two ladies who end up, due to a bunch of circumstances, becoming roommates. And you know, they are in their almost 70 okay and they're reliving they're revisiting their life their youth because both of their husbands left them okay for each other but that's a oh, lot of okay. so they <laughs> so they created a vaginal lube and their whole business is about creating a lube and, oh, and okay. also a vibrator and that thing is like i'm like who's using
1: Who the vibrator's
0: <laughs> huge and i'm like these 70 year old women are using this big old vibrator yes. and so products like that you know i wonder it just it i just thought wow that's so interesting that they're creating a lube and a vibrator we'll come back and talk more about okay. that okay <laughs> stay with us Welcome back to Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. And now we're talking about vibrators. So, no. <laughs> so um, no, but in in response to the article about vaginal dryness and atrophy, which atrophy is the shrinking of the vagina and the dryness is drying. Right. So the combination of those two is, to me, equals no sex. But, At least painful sex. Painful okay. sex. But but there's solutions. There's, there's solutions. things that people do. Now, what do you think about the lubes? Is, is that something that...
1: You know. The loops are good in that moment. They don't mm-hmm. do any kind of long-term effect. Um, the vaginal estrogen creams are also helpful okay. to kind of to kind of repopulate the vagina without giving you the excess risk of taking a pill and people worry about breast cancer and stuff like that. Right. There are some new things on the market, although very expensive, like... Um, they're like lasers that you do treatments oh. on the vagina to help bring the blood flow back. Oh wow! Um, you may see them on the doctor's show and things like that, where they're kind of just putting this little wand around in the vagina and it's it's helping to, um, to make moisten and tighten. That that. They should. That would be great. <laughs> we gonna make a vibrator yes, that, yes. that's suggested as Produce a laser. Best. Don't do you take the idea. Do it, at, do it at home. Make <laughs> do it yourself. Oh. <laughs> That'd be great, but. Uh, yeah, so the, all those things are happening. When they, um, and the loops are, like I said, they're good in the moment. Okay. Um, but, it's but not like long-term. R- okay. Yeah, not like a fix.
0: So the other thing that we, we absolutely need to talk about is, um, and like I said, one of the reasons why I brought her on the show was when everybody with this firestorm of um, against or about Usher having herpes. right? And he, um, there were several women, I don't know how many, and a man all came out and said that they, they had, had herpes, herpes right. because, of because of him. And um, lo and behold, he actually... Does says he doesn't have herpes and is actually suing. Wow. But in that conversation, you had some you know, you did a video and mm-hmm. it gave some edu- information about it and I would love to hear some sure. of your well, insight.
1: Yeah, well it's easy to tell. I mean, it's a blood test. Mm-hmm. You can have your blood drawn and ask them to test you for herpes titers, um, because herpes is a virus. Okay. So once you get infected with the herpes virus, your body makes antibodies, and you have them forever. They never okay. leave your body. You may not always have an outbreak or an issue, but you always are going to test positive for the herpes antibody. Okay. So that's easy. To find What's out.
0: Is the difference between
1: like, like type one and type two? So yeah. type one is like the cold sore uh-huh. type because that's
0: not stigmatized. It's not,
1: and most people <laughs> have it. Uh-huh. Most people have been exposed to it at some point. If you've ever had a fever blister or something, you've had mm-hmm. exposed to the herpes type one. The one that they're talking about is the herpes type two, which is the genital herpes, okay. which is the one that's strictly an STD, which is the one that causes outbreaks and mm-hmm. um, for men and for women. Now. Um, typically for men, the outbreak is different. I've been told um, by my patients that it, they felt like they had a razor burn or a jock itch or they got chafed or whatever, mm-hmm. and it comes for a few days and it goes away. With women, because of the tissue being the way it is, if they get the outbreak inside, it can be very painful, mm-hmm. difficult to urinate, um, painful sitting down. Very, like, they get blisters mm-hmm. and sores. It looks bad. It sounds bad. It is bad. Right. However, um, the natural history of the virus is you get it, you have your outbreak, and if it's not a severe outbreak, in about seven days it goes away. Mm-hmm. So, the reason I think a lot of women don't know they've been exposed is because they'll get a little irritation, a little, ooh, that kind of sores, kind of hurts. Mm-hmm. They'll run to the store, buy a monistat, think it's a yeast infection, oh. think it's something else, put some cream on it, and in mm-hmm. about seven days it goes away. It's go it anyway. going to go away anyway. Interesting. But they think it's a yeast, and I, you know, Something like that and a lot of times people come in with recurrent yeast. I get yeast all the time mm. and we'll test them and it'll be actually they've been exposed to herpes. Wow. So sometimes those yeast um, those yeast infections are actually outbreaks.
0: So is it possible um, for it to stay in your body for a while before you realize you actually have it or do you not do you have an outbreak?
1: Usually okay. usually when you first um, Get exposed, mm-hmm. your outbreak happens pretty quickly, like oh, within wow. seven to ten days okay. or two weeks max, mm-hmm. usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the weekend, mm-hmm. by Wednesday, I started feeling funny. What? By Friday, I had this. I'm here on Monday, and by month, the next Monday, it's a full blown outbreak. Okay, so that's usually what I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rare that you would get exposed like now and not have a problem until like next year right. if it's your first exposure mm-hmm. um so yeah it's 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 a thing that we see a lot of i think a lot of women just don't know because they we're always self-treating with other stuff right. and oh it, it was googling yeah googling <laughs> and, oh it's sore yeah. and then it went away mm-hmm. so um mm-hmm. but if, if you think it's off, right. You know, it's a blood test. It's yeah. really simple, and it's a yay RNA. Right. It's not even well, a guess.
0: there's a lot of psychology, though, behind that blood test. Oh, yeah, know, for because sure. Because you know, the fear of what is it, is it? And yeah, it's lifetime. Yeah, for,
1: It's for the rest of your life. So, so what
0: are there resources out there for people who do and we're going to have to close out um, but people who do have you know STDs of different sorts or herpes or I don't know gonorrhea can go away right well
1: gonorrhea chlamydia syphilis they can all get shots and they can yeah. go away um, herpes HIV hepatitis B and C are viral so they're with you forever
0: so how do you ugh, that's a whole other show that's all other show saying, how do you date you know how do you address yeah. that you know yeah. get, yeah,
1: gonna, dang. you got to you got to <laughs> you have to have those conversations yeah hard conversations to have, right? Like, hey, right, just want you to know, yeah. you know, Woo.
0: that's that's heavy. We're
1: gonna have to bring you back,
0: and we're gonna need to talk yes. about that. Yes, <laughs> we, will. we will. all right. Well, let everybody know how they can reach you.
1: I am, um, at justforyouobgyn.com, um, www.justforyouobgyn.com. You can also find me on Facebook at justforyouobgyn, and you can follow me on Instagram at Dr. Lori J. Um, on Instagram, you can see what I'm doing, babies I deliver, and stuff like that. Yes. Um, and give us a call at 678 814 4700.
0: I think the babies she delivers are cute because she delivers them. And <laughs> <laughs> they're so cute. Um, yes, yeah, so thank you so much for coming today yes. and sharing your insight. Are you accepting new patients? Yes. At the yes. time, she was accepting new patients. New patients. Yes. So if you want somebody who's willing to talk to you and have conversations, you definitely want to check out um, Dr. Lori Johnson. Um, so thank you so much much for tuning in to the live exchange where we exchange compelling dialogue around love politics and intellect so next week we'll be joined by Danielle porche of soar who's here to discuss how to get from where you are now to where you want to be i'm dr pamela and remember love yourself to life dance confidently in the dark and dream wildly unrealistic dreams i'll see you next week